This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. As the Black Eyed Peas would say, let's get it started. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural episode of the most valuable sports podcast, also known as the MBSP. My name is Brandon Worth, and I am joined by my brother, not <laughs> from the same mother, Joe Nagy. Joe, what's going on? Brandon, you goof. Uh, welcome to the first show. We're very excited to have you guys join in and listen. Uh, very excited to get this thing started. Um, basically, how we're going to be different, um, if you haven't already listened to Mics and Takes, uh, we're going to be mostly focusing on the fair side of sports, along with collegiate um, sports news, and just some big breaking sports news that we might want to cover. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. We hope you guys join us along the ride, and, and if you haven't already checked out Mike's and Takes as well, they, they're kind of our, our co-partner in the sports world here at Bulldog Radio. So go check them out on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. So, Joe, let's get into it. All right, we'll first start out with uh, Ferris men's basketball. Last Saturday, they took on the Northwood Timberwolves. Uh, we were both at that game. It was a really, actually, it's probably one of the most entertaining games to watch, I think, of Ferris's season so far. We ended up losing 81 to 87, um, which that kind of stinks. But, uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the game? Oh, it, it was a great game. I mean, just as a fan in general, you got to see so much action going on. Punches, counter punches, great, great shooting and parts, and there was just a lot of playmaking. I mean, us as Ferris, we were down by, I believe it was 18, right, Joe? 18? Like, yeah, six minutes left in the second half. My goodness, we were we were down and out, and we were could have called it. We could have thrown in the towel, but we fought back, and boy, was it crazy, that press. We got about 12 unanswered points in about two minutes. We had the press was working, and... We were just knocking down shots. It was just getting electric. I mean, Wink was just absolutely booming during that time. It was amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, it stunk that we didn't come out with the win, but I think they can still be happy with their performances. We fought back, and we can use that to the the rest of the season where if we're down and out, we can remember that game. We clawed back. We didn't win, but it still took a lesson out of it instead of just get pounded where you can't learn from it. One of the key players uh, really that kind of led that comeback was Walt Kelzer. He had 29 points on the game, was 8 for 15 from field goals, and uh, was 2 for 6 from the threes. But uh, when they were having that comeback, I really thought if they kept him in, they would have won that game. But Coach Bronkema elected to take him out with like with what, with about 6 minutes left? I believe it was left. 5 or 6 minutes left. And uh, that Cole Walker actually kind of came in and got a few buckets, and we thought we were going to be able to come back. But... Uh, Walt Kelzer, I think, was going to be the person to lead us back uh, to get that victory, but yeah, Walt unfortunately Kelzer, got taken yeah, out. Yeah, he was playing super well. I mean, he was being super aggressive, taking the ball straight to the hole. He was using all of his strength to knock in and ones left and right, but it was just you had so much he can do, and there were guys that were trying to step up during the game, but you could tell that you wanted the ball in his hands, and towards the end of the game, he had the ball in his hands, and he just didn't put the last two chances to try to tie it before they ended up getting their free throws on a very you could say kind of a controversial ending, which we'll get into in a minute. But overall, we had to stop Northwood's number 11, 
I'm don't don't even get me started, Brandon. I don't even I don't even want to mention his name. Should we mention no? Jack 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 Ammerman. Yeah, uh, Jack one Ammerman. Their, one of their guards. He he came off. Wait, no, he was one of their starters. I thought he came off the bench, but he was he basically popped off in the second half. Yeah, he, he, was, he did nothing the first half, but then the second half he just came out of nowhere. Yeah, he started. I believe I remember the first ten minutes of the game. He only took one three, and it was like a thirty footer, and he missed it, and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, he wanted to shoot. But anyway, Ammerman finished with thirty-two points. points on six of nine from three, and twelve for fifteen from from range. Yes, which is ridiculous. And watching this game, you saw the shots he took. These aren't just normal. They aren't pretty shots they're, either. They're, they're not corner, wait five seconds. Oh, let me check the ball rotation. Let me check my hands, feet. He was firing these quick release, almost Steph Curry-like. Not not obviously he would, as he good. He would get the ball sprint and then just pull up with two guys on him yep. and then make it from like 30 feet. Yeah, and the and with the <coughs> game on the... <coughs> With the game on the line there, when they gave him the shot with four seconds left on the shot clock, and he pulled up from 28 with two guys in his face and ended up knocking that down, and that ended up taking the lead back, which ended up leading them to the win. You just were like, how do we stop this guy without face guarding him with two guys even? Because, I mean, it was just like once the ball was in his hands, you knew it was just a matter of time before he was going to fire it, and six out of nine times it was going to go in. Also, another fun fact about Northwood, Brandon and I – Actually, in high school, played against one of their players, Dimitri Martin. That's He's right, from that's Big right. Rapids. Yeah, Dimitri Martin, a former Cardinal for the dreaded NC or um, CSAA, um, as our we are both alumni of the Central State Activities Association. But Joe here from Tri County, myself from Reed City, we've had our shares with encounters with Dimitri, and boy, he he gave us a little bit of hurting back in high school, but. It was kind of cool to see a familiar name um, during this game. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of contributing, but it still just shows, like, you even from small towns like this, you can still get somewhere mm-hmm. with you, whatever your dream is. And it was just really cool to see. Absolutely. Now we're going to try to transition to the girls' game. Uh, we were able to catch the first quarter and a little bit into the second quarter. Um, we had some prior commitments that we had to go to. But in a very eventful game, the girls actually got the win 67-66. to um, one of the top scorers for Ferris was Riley Blair with 24 points. Mallory McCartney with 17 and Adrian Anderson with 14. Riley Blair, uh, she's continuing to do what she's been doing all season. That's dominate and lead the team. Yeah, and we were just seeing the, this girls team doing so well. And it's really just great to see with both the guys and the women's um, squads that are doing so well in the GLIAC and having great represent. But yeah, Riley Blair, she's played unbelievable these last couple games. And also, the the Mikes and Takes had an interview with her. So if you haven't watched that, I believe it's episode 21. Yeah, or one of those. But yeah, check out Riley Blair on Mikes and Takes. She gives her take about the, the girls team and what's coming this year. But, yeah, I mean, the girls' team's done very well. I mean, they're averaging 78.6 points per game. They're putting the ball in the hole. They're shooting above 30, 30 or above 33% from three and 70 from the line. And that's just going to get you to win games when you're knocking down shots like that. And they've just been very good. They've won their last four out of their last six. So they're just on a roll right now, and we hope this keeps going. And for Northwood, their points were pretty much spread out across the board. There wasn't a lot of people who stood out. The most was with Mackenzie Ty, one of their reserves, was 16 points, but a lot of people had nine, six, eight points on the team. And uh, when we were watching uh, the first quarter, 
there wasn't a lot of scores, but there was a lot of good defense going on. It was very good defense. And it was, you could just have a testament to how good these two teams really were. Yeah, it was a very, very even matchup, and it was exciting to see for the time that we were able to watch it as both of these teams were battling it out. Brandon, would you like to switch to hockey next? Indeed. Let's All right, switch. last weekend, uh, Ferris Hockey played against Northern Michigan. Uh, they ended up losing 5-2. to two. Um, Their season this year hasn't been uh, as eventful as past, but they have a lot of new recruits coming in, especially our first five-star recruit in school history. Oh, all right. That is something I actually didn't know. So thank you, Joe, for yeah. the insight. But yeah, it's great. Great to see that we still got people that are interested in the program, especially that it's been on a little bit of a downfall, you'd say, throughout this time. But I mean, we have the dreams back to the Frozen Four and what could have been. And But it's still, we're still a great hockey school. And I mean, even there's always going to be the fall of what you could say a dynasty. I wouldn't call what we did a dynasty, but there's going to be up years and there's going to be down years. And it's just, it's glad that people aren't going to just disregard us now even though we haven't done very well they see they still see that we can make it there so i've it's it's great to see that we've got great talent coming in especially with that new recruit but it we, we're just looking forward to seeing what these guys can do in the future and just how tough our conference is the wcha has a lot of teams that are really good with michigan tech northern michigan uh michigan tech ended up winning the uh Great Lakes Invitational against teams yeah. like Mi- Michigan, teams and, like Michigan, Michigan State. and Michigan State. And that just shows, like, we have a very tough conference that we're playing in right now. But uh, it was just kind of tough for us to uh, kind of come back against Northern. We uh, lost both games 5-2. to two, But this Friday and Saturday we have games coming up against Michigan Tech. Yeah, Michigan Tech coming up on deck Saturday night. And, we, and last time we played these two teams was actually not long ago, just at the end of January. We split. In two one decisions for both games, one winning the nightcap and losing the first game. But we're, it, there's a lot of potential that can be for this game. I mean, it's going to be a great game. Obviously, there's a lot of campus stuff going on that we'll talk about in a minute. But I we just hope that we see a lot of people there, especially on Friday and Saturday as well, both um, later games. So it's just great to see that we have hockey around. I mean, there's a lot of um, schools around that don't have hockey and I mean I'm fortunate enough to be from around here that I've watched various hockey games throughout my childhood but there's just like people that have come from all over that they don't get to experience hockey and especially on this division one level here in Big Rapids where we can watch Ferris and put these great great programs I mean going down to the GLI to play teams like Michigan Michigan State playing teams like Miami Ohio Western and traveling all over the all over the globe, really, all the way to Alaska and Alabama to play. I mean, that's just like a great opportunity to see our Bulldogs. Yeah, also coming up this weekend, uh, to kind of close out our fair segment of the show, our softball team uh, starts up this weekend with four games uh, down in Kentucky against Finley and Bellarmine. And men's tennis uh, started up last week with a win in their match 7-0 over Rose-Holman University. And they continue uh, down in Western Michigan for... Uh, a couple matches and uh, this Saturday women's tennis also starts against Northern Iowa and finally basketball and hockey are hosting the red out event um, on Saturday yeah uh, for women's heart health red out event everyone come down a full activity filled day with lots of action and sports so come down to wink and um, watch our bulldogs shoot hoops and also play some hockey there at the end and 
Also, some exclusive opportunities this week. Brandon, would you like to share that for the the listeners? I would love to share that. So, we got on campus tonight a chance for someone to win $10,000. Cash. 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 Yes. Cash. You heard that right. Cash. To go win that, you'll have to head out to the game, show up, sign up. Uh, for your chance to win. And also, Saturday, hockey is going to be hosting a uh, chance to win $10,000. But that's the only one on Saturday. But once again, you'll have to go figure out how to win that by going to the game and signing up. Yeah, so uh, for the men's and women's game, if you want to register, go um, over to Wink at 4, 4.30 to 5.30 and sign up. If you want to um, go for the hockey, then that registration is from 5 to 6 p.m. So there are some rules with this along I mean, you have to be in attendance to register. Obviously, you must be in attendance or in attendance when the names are drawn, and all of these things. So, also wear red. That is a big thing. Wear your red. Show your pride. It's red out for a reason. Yeah, we don't call it red out just for random. Yeah, for women's wear heart red. health, man. Come on, we gotta wear red. So, that's our bulldogs in action, and we'll take it a little bit to a different part of the show, Joe. You want me to hit him with a fact? Let's hear your fact of the day. All right, one second. Let me pull it up here real quick. All right, Brandon, you'll have to guess this. In 2016, Bartolo Colon proved that there is nothing that he can't do. He did the impossible by hitting his first home run of his career. How many at-bats did it take him to do it? Oh, how many at-bats? Out of his his 19-year career, how many at-bats did it take him to hit? It's got to be like over 1,000, right? It's a little bit lower than that. A little lower? Okay. How much lower? It's 226 at-bats. He only that he's got had. that many at-bats? Well, he's played for American League teams and National League teams. I guess you're true. I, so I keep he thinking hasn't spent the whole National time in National League. League, but that just, I mean, although we haven't really talked about him, it be that much, but that's just Bartolo Colon, if you haven't watched him, big, sexy, probably one of the greatest pitchers to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, he's very. He's a fan favorite wherever he is, and I don't know how many teams he's played for. I lost track after 10. But each, every time he goes to a new franchise, it's just they get that they get Bartolo. You get the whole package. You get everything. You get the allure, and you get the play. It's just so much fun to see. Brandon, would you like to kind of transition into our breaking news about the sports world? Yeah, let's dive. Um, let's dive right in. Mike's and Takes talked about it a little bit last episode about D'Antonio resigning from the MSU head coach and the new hire. Which, uh, Brandon, would you like to tell the listeners who it is? Yeah. So. The new Spartan head football coach is Mel Tucker. He spent last year as the Colorado head coach in his first year of his campaign. He ended up jumping out of his four-year contract with the Buffaloes to come here to Michigan State. Why? There's a lot of speculation why. There's a lot of different reasons. But he has got a lot of great football knowledge. He once he was the defensive coordinator for a while at Georgia. He's been under the Saban tree. He's obviously not just some... Uh, other football coach he's got are a lot of great aspects to him I mean we didn't get to see that really in his first year at Colorado he was only five and seven but he's still just a he's a great coach and you're really really excited to see what he can do especially now with Michigan State football moving on from D'Antonio and not saying D'Antonio wasn't a great coach but his last couple of years were a a pretty big ever since that Rose Bowl win it's kind of been a gradual yeah downside but uh, it's going to be tough for him coming into the Big Ten, arguably one of the toughest conferences in college football. Absolutely. Especially for Michigan State. Uh, he's going to have a lot of 
big uh, games. That he's going to have to coach a lot of statement games. Um, Brandon, how do you think he's going to handle that? He's got to be. I just feel like he's got to be in the mindset that he's he's going to have adversities left and right throughout this year. He's going to have to be very very resilient with what how he handles all of these situations because D'Antonio suddenly resigning and all of this stuff going on. It was just. You have to be ready for this, and it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be hard, but Rome wasn't built in one day. So just stick with the plan, Mel Tucker, and you will do just fine. Absolutely. And uh, now uh, some big things coming to the MLB, uh, new rule changes for 2020, um, some big stuff going on. Brandon, why don't you uh, start on that? Okay. Uh, what do you want to start with? Um, we want to start with the three batter minimum, just kind of go down from there. Sure, the three batter minimum, a new rule that is just came out yesterday, February 12th. So according to Major League Baseball and what they did with their news release, there is now a three batter minimum rule. What this means is starting or relief pitchers have to pitch a minimum of three batters. They cannot be pulled after one batter like normal um, rules would have been. So they have to pitch three inning or i'm sorry three batters to be eligible to be taken out unless there is an injury of course which the umpires can converse with and make a ruling on that i really think though that this is going to help with the uh not only the pace of play um but also just like those uh situations where they only put them in for one batter where it's a lefty on lefty or righty on righty um when it comes to those big situations but also those closers and stuff that are going to be coming in that they don't really rely on for a lot of batters only just one one time where they have to come in, I don't know how that's going to affect that. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting thing to see now, especially now that coaches are going to have to adjust to who they're going to put in based not just on the batter they're going to face, but the next two after that now, instead of just having to put them in for one batter. And um, so another rule change with the active rosters, um, more towards the postseason, they now have boosted the postseason game um, roster limit to 26 instead of 25 so that one extra person is going to get a chance it's gonna it's gonna be a lot much of a change with that one extra person on the For team sure. i tell you brandon yeah definitely along with that in the in september from september 1 uh to the end of the championship she- season uh, all clubs must carry 28 players on the active roster mm-hmm. um, and also they have to they can only carry a maximum of 14 pitchers so that's going to be uh, tough for those uh teams who um like have a big cap space and they're going to have a lot of those pitchers but uh, they're just going to have to kind of make with what they have yeah definitely and the my favorite rule change and i might i'll dub it right now here on the mvsp as the shohei otani rule and mlb has came out with a new rule for two-way players that what it states is players who qualify as two-way players which obviously appear as a pitcher and also as a batter or a fielder that these players will qualify, uh, they have to have at least 20 major league innings pitched and at least 20 major league games started as a position and designated hitter with at least three plate appearances in each of those games in either championship or prior play. But the club must designate the player as a two-way player in advance of the game. Once a club designates the qualified two-way player, that designation will remain in effect and cannot change for the remainder of the championship and postseason. So does that mean that even if, like, at the start, Shohei Otani can't change, like, even if he gets injured, so, like, if he can only pitch or hit, like, he has to pitch and hit when he pitches? So my understanding with this 
is they are allowed to be a two-way player and they can count for both a pitcher and a hitter so i believe that 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 one player will not count as both a pitcher and a hitter it'll just count as one player that they can choose is my understanding i could be wrong though we haven't looked into this a while this is breaking we're still trying to figure this out yeah there's a lot of gray area in all of these rule changes really i mean there's a bunch of others that um like the the position pitching now you may not bring in a positional player to pitch after uh, before the ninth inning now where that rule really wasn't stated now until this new changes but it's going to be interesting i mean a lot of these rules are going to bring change to baseball and it's just kind of like you're wondering what these um rule changes are going to like create now with are we going to have more rule changes coming or are these rule changes going to affect the style of the game too much where we might have to just disintegrate them but there's also one more rule that I forgot to mention. The 10-day um, um, DL, the 10-day injured list, has now been changed back to the 15-day. So that one is probably the most relevant to the game. So now players will be on 15 instead of 10 days, which isn't that much of a big deal. I mean, obviously, if you got somebody injured, you don't want to rush them back. So more time might not necessarily be a bad thing. So Yeah, I feel like that's a way better situation for people that are trying to rehab. And also clubs that just don't want to, like, kind of burn out their players to hurry up and get them recovered and get them back on the field because I feel like that's going to last them a long time. And last uh, rule change that came as uh, a re- reduction in challenge time. Managers will now have only 20 seconds to challenge a play instead of the original 30. And I think that's mainly because uh, people are making a huge deal about pace of play nowadays. Yeah, pace pace of play has become such a big part of baseball now that we we need to speed up games and I understand where people are coming from, but when you're sometimes it's a great thing to have longer games just because you can have these longer days where you can enjoy baseball longer. And I understand where the pace of play is coming in. And I mean, I'm all for making games shorter, but I'm not a fan of changing the game to make things shorter. Yeah, exactly. Kind of leave it to the players and the coaches to make it shorter. But like changing the rules and switching it up where like they're kind of forced to not maybe like because that 10 seconds is a lot is a good amount of time when you really think about it like that extra 10 seconds to think of whether they want to challenge that play because that can really come down to in the postseason along with people trying to get into wild cards and into the postseason stuff like that if they make a wrong decision of whether to challenge they don't have that anymore too yeah exactly so now we can transition over to a new report we got coming in that there is a new all-star in a the well-deserved NBA. All-star. Well-deserved All-Star. Damian Lillard obviously came down with his injury. He will not be good to go. Groin strain, yep. For the All-Star game. You're right, groin strain. He is now replaced by Grand Rapids. Devin Booker, Grand Rapids native. Grand Rapids native. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're so we're so happy for Devin. I mean, he's played on a fantastic campaign. And there's a lot of a lot of um, rumors going around is it should have been him or Bradley Beal, and both of them have played phenomenally. So really, it Either one is going to be well-deserved, but definitely a great thing. I mean, he's leading the Suns throughout all of their injuries and their their skids so far, and um, obviously our our buddy Barrett is a big Suns fan and has that bet going on over at Mike's and Takes. I think he's going to have to shovel out a few dollars for that dinner that he's going to have to owe Travis. Yeah, I don't know, Barrett. It's getting it's getting a little sketchy here. As we're starting to see the postseason unfold here before the All-Star game, and it's not looking too great for Phoenix, but... 
still a great season for Devin Booker, and it, it'll be very interesting to see when DeAndre Ayton comes back how that team is going to be affected and with their game changing and how they can play the rest of the way. Definitely. Can't wait to see Devin Booker in the All-Star game. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see uh, how he's going to fit in. What what team was Damian Lillard on again? Was he on? He's on the Trailblazers. No, like which All-Star team is he on? LeBron's oh, or Giannis? I know he's correct. on the Trailblazers. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. I apologize. It's formally. okay. No, I hurt my feelings I a believe bit. he's on bronze. I think he's on LeBron's. LeBron? Yes. I think that'll probably fit in pretty well because doesn't LeBron like D-Book? I mean, I don't know. I, I, mean, LeBron, I, don't, I don't know LeBron personally, so I don't no, know. No, I don't. Likes, I don't but, know personally either. But I mean, it's Devin Booker. Everybody, everybody loves Devin Booker. Yeah, who doesn't love D Book? And plus, I feel like he's been really deserving. I feel like he should have made it the year where he had that seventy-one point game because I feel like that was one of his best years as a son. Yeah, that was a very good game. I mean, he he played great besides that seventy-one point game too. But that one was just the icing on the cake to a great season. But anyway, Joe. Brandon, what do you think about this new Michigan Wolverines basketball team? New Michigan Wolverines basketball team. Why don't you enlighten me on that, Brandon? So, Isaiah Livers is back, and we absolutely crushed Northwestern last night. Go Blue, baby. Just had to put that out there. But, yeah, both of us are Michigan fans, obviously. But Livers had a big night. I believe he had 18 or 19 coming back. Or that might have been Eli Bricks' stat. I apologize. But both... Uh, Eli played fantastic, shot the lights out. Livers was a very dynamic force. He threw down that nasty dunk. It was just a great great time to see them dominate, especially on the road in Evanston. It was just it was just great for Michigan basketball to have them back, especially after this uphill battle that we've had where after dropping from four in the AP rankings to now just falling we had a, out. We had a very, very promising start of the season, but now it's kind of – a little bit shown that we have not really been, I guess, pulling our weight, I guess you could say. Yeah, we, we've we been struggling, and I mean, obviously, after the loss to Louisville and then Louisville's injury, it's just been coasting downhill, and it's glad to see now that Livers is back, and we've we had a great game overall um, before this game, but Northwestern, I mean, they've been on the struggle bus, and it was just a great time to get on the road, get a nice win, play well, and we didn't out, we didn't actually start this game off very well. We were trailing, I believe, it was thir- or, uh, sixteen to six or thirteen to six. We ended up pulling a ten nothing run, and then we ended up winning this game by twenty. So it's still um, a very good season. I mean, are we going to be thinking national champions? Obviously not, but we'll all we'll be rooting for them as always. Preparing for the tournament right now. Yeah, we there. we're sneaking. We can still definitely make a tournament bid. I mean, the Big Ten is so loaded. We might have eight to ten teams that might have a chance at a tournament bid. Because Ohio State started off really hot too. They Ohio had that little Ohio State started of... off hot. Wisconsin's starting to get hot a little bit. Iowa has played out of their minds this year. Illinois is twenty two right now. Illinois. Iowa is twenty one. Yep, and then of course our our dreaded uh, little brother, uh, Michigan State, also as well. But um. Yeah, no disrespect to Michigan State, but they're they're a great basketball team, and I mean, obviously, with um, us taking the split with them already. But who do you think is going to win the Big Ten, Joe? The Big Ten, I think it's going to be tough because I just don't. I want to say Michigan because I really like Michigan and stuff, right. but I really think Ohio State has a chance to win. Really, you I think, think they have a chance? Ohio State is going to win. But I'm obviously rooting for Michigan. I think Michigan's going to win, but Ohio State might have a chance. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we're rooting for them. I don't know, man. 
I don't know. Penn State is a very good team as well. Um, they're they're in the second spot right now. I I want to put money on Maryland. I really do. Really? They've been very, very, very well. But this is also not football where whoever has the most wins at the end wins. It's who plays the best in the tournament, which obviously true. Michigan is probably the best team in the conference at <laughs> performing in a tournament-type setting. I just can't put it on Maryland. I would honestly, I don't want to, but Iowa is the team that I feel like has a really good chance. I mean, um, Luke Garza has played out of his mind. It hates for me to say it, but when he blew us up in, in Chrysler, I mean, we scored 103 and they scored 91. Garza had 43 of them, which that's been Michigan's number one struggle is containing the inside scoring. But Iowa just, they got Garza, they got Wieskamp, they got these guys where they can play inside out, shoot the three ball extremely well um, uh, most of the nights. I mean, we've seen struggles from them. I mean, they're 17 and 7 overall and 8 and 5 in conference play right now. But I mean, you got a lot of sleeper teams in there. Obviously, Illinois, they've been they've been playing pretty sneaky. They've beat some good teams. Obviously, you got Michigan and Michigan State, which everyone's going to be keeping their eyes on those two teams as well as your your Buckeyes there. But it'll be very interesting to see Big 10 tournament time. I had no idea that Illinois was high, that high in the in the standings. How they yeah, were in number the top five. 25. I don't believe Rutgers deserves the sixth spot. I don't believe that either. I I, I mean obviously I like, obviously they're eight and six, but would you put money on Wisconsin, Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan beating them? I would say yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Even honestly, Indiana would Indiana beat them? That's a very tough question. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like they would. I feel like they would. I but feel like they could, they would. Too, I haven't really caught that I, many. I haven't really heard that much about Rutgers. Like I haven't looked into the how well Rutgers is doing. I haven't really looked at like. Their schedule so far, or what, who they played already. So yeah, they're they're eight and six in the conference. They're seventeen and eight overall. They've had some pretty some pretty good non conference games, but I mean they're sixth right now. So who knows? Tournament time, things change. And obviously, Penn State's been doing really well. I know I brought them up again just because they're that good. But you could see a lot from this Penn State team. Lamar Stevens, he's been he's just been an animal. I mean, I mean. He, he could have went to the draft last year. Stoke, oh, sorry, chose to stay and come back to the Nittany Lions, and look what he's doing. It just shows that sometimes leaving early isn't the answer, and he's showing that right now. He's boosting his draft stock even more, and it's just been an amazing sight to see that Penn State, not normally a basketball school, is making some noise over there in hoops. I really wish that, since you said maybe leaving early is not always the best thing, I really wish that... Uh, livers and pool and like Jordan or Jordan Poole or whatever stayed because we'd have such a good team. If Jordan Poole would have stayed, I feel like we would have maybe two more wins. Brandon, I'm not gonna start. <laughs> if we no, if no, we no. had if we had if we had Mo Moritz Wagner or whatever Mo Wagner and uh, Poole to stay, we would be top of the Big Ten and probably oh, in the top brought, ten. If you brought Wagner That's back, then that would change my I mind. Mean, yeah, I thought I said w- Wagner, but I accidentally said Livers. No, right? you're good. No. Um, But, I mean, I love Jordan Poole. I love the way he plays. I, I loved him when he made behind-the-back flashy passes, draining threes. But I don't know if he would have made uh, – I, I mean, obviously he would have made a difference. No question. We'd have probably three, four more wins. But – 
with the dynamic of this season, I don't know how much it would have changed because we've been just been struggling to score the basketball, which Poole can score, but he's not a consistent, I'm going to get you 17 to 20 a night kind of a guy. He's more of the guy like, all right, I'm hot, give me the ball, and I'll put in 30. But, oh, I'm not doing so hot. I'm probably going to be more of a role player and only have five. But, I mean, he's still, if we would have had those two back together, I think Wagner would have been a huge asset, especially on the defensive side in the post. I feel like he would have helped against our, against um, opposing bigs throughout this season. But Yeah, I feel like Wagner and Poole kind of rushed there, rushed going to the draft and to the NBA because... Yeah, but it's also their choice. That is true. It's a time for them, then they felt it was the right time. There's hindsight's twenty twenty, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But moving on now into some more college football, Michigan football. What are we thinking now on this upcoming season now that it's National Signing Day, or it's past National Signing Day? What do you think about Wolverine football coming? I think we got a really promising season. Really? All right. I like it. So, I mean, I'm totally in agreement. I was just messing with you. No, but, Joe, do you believe Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the future? Nope. Why? He's already had enough. Like, when he got hired, I was like, oh, dang. Like, this is going to be a change. We're going to, like, really come in, and we're going to make a difference, and Harbaugh's going to save us and bring us back to, like, win Big Ten championships, bring us to playoffs. And the first year he's be- first year he was coach when they had Jabril Peppers, they made it to the playoffs, right? Correct. I believe so. We haven't done anything since. True. Like we haven't won like we haven't come close to a Big Ten championship. We haven't beat Ohio State. I mean we haven't beat Ohio State in a long time, but like That's true. Everyone had speculations that Jim Harbaugh is gonna be the one to like be like, All right, now Ohio State's gonna fear playing us because we're gonna beat him every time. But now we just kinda s- I was going to say now we suck, but we don't suck. We're actually pretty good. But, like, I just feel like... We can't Jim get over Har- the hump. We, we need to give Jim Harbaugh an ultimatum because I feel like five years are, or however long he's been coaching already and we haven't really seen that much results, like, we need something really fast. We need something fast or else he's got to go. Yeah. I think over the next two seasons it's going to be the the tale to tell if he's going to be the next... or continue to be the Wolverines coach from here on. Like you said, I, I'm I'm in agreement. I want him to stay a little bit longer, and I, I, I hate to say it because you want to win now. You want to win now. But he's got he's got so – we got so many dynamic recruiting coming on, and we've had recruiting just boost up every single year, it seems like. We're getting more and more and more, and you're just like, you don't want to give up on him yet. But you're right. We haven't beat Ohio State in how long. We haven't won – or we haven't made like the college football playoff yet, even though we've been pre-ranked, I believe, two years now that we were going to, and we've been let down twice. I mean, we almost beat Bama, and keyword is almost, almost. We lost by twenty, or I'm sorry, nineteen. How do we almost win and then lose by nineteen? How? How do we do this? I don't know, but this I'm is a, driving me crazy. I'm literally just—it's literally if. Harbaugh, I'm just saying, if Harbaugh doesn't do something in the next two years, we got to be like, all right, you got one more year, or like we got to like light the fire under his belly so that way he knows, like, okay, like I actually got to get something done. Yeah. Because we get recruits. We get good recruits every year. Yeah. It, our recruiting class is always very good. And then we just 
don't put it together on the field it seems like or they don't get to they don't play to their full potential or something i don't know what it is there's so many we've got so many like five stars coming in we got so many dynamic players that we have for the future but it just seems like we're not getting them on the field or something i don't know what's going on i personally think if we would have if we wouldn't have beaten michigan state like the last two years and dominated those like lower games i feel like he might be gone by now yeah i mean i feel like harbaugh would have been fired yeah because at the end of this year yeah if i mean we beat notre dame handily 45 to 14 we beat michigan state How how much higher were they ranked than us at that point we were 14 they were 15 Oh, I thought they were a lot higher than us. Never mind. No, but they were they were pre-ranked before that week, I believe, like six or something. They oh, were yeah. super didn't, high. Didn't they lose to? I forgot who they lost to. That yeah, I believe they out, lost but... their first game as well in a in a big uh, Showtime game. Yeah, but I mean, we beat Michigan State by thirty-four. We beat these lower teams like Indiana and Maryland handily, which it's kind of hard to see. But those games are great that we dominate. But in reality. Are we? Is that really going to help us win for the future? And it's gotten to the point where, like, each year, like about the Ohio State thing, like we're just like, oh, this is the year we're gonna be Ohio State. Like the Ohio State reign over us is over. But like we say that every year, and it it never changes. It's it's so frustrating. We gotta uh, something's just gotta happen. Joe, why'd I'm, you bring up this segment? You brought up this segment. Don't even put that evil on me. Anyways. Oh, you're right. I'm just <laughs> I'm just annoyed. <laughs> Because we haven't beat Ohio State since Denard Robinson was the quarterback, right? Shoelace. Yeah, Shoelace. I believe, I believe Cover so. Cover athlete of NCAA 14. Correct. But where is he now? Yeah, that's true. He's not very good now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did have a stint with Jacksonville. Yeah, but I remember like pick, you said, where is but he, he was He was my sleeper pick at like round 16 of my fantasy draft that year. <laughs> or like a couple years after that when I saw he was in Jacksonville. I just picked him for fun with my last pick and... Yeah, he had like one game above five points. Yeah, not always great. But it's been rough. Joe, is there any last words you'd like to tell the people? We Jim Harbaugh's got to do something. Jim Harbaugh's got to do something. <laughs> That's about it. That's very true. And I just feel like with Michigan, we have to be aware of what we can do in the future. I mean, obviously, we've played super well, and I don't want that to change. I mean, finishing in the top 25 in the country is still a phenomenal feat, but we just really have to be aware that we can be better, and we can be very, very, and that, very that's good. that's the thing about us having, like, such a good team. It's just, like, if we're not, like, in the top 10 every year, we're disappointed. Right. Like, because we're, so we're so used to it, you know? Yeah. Obviously, like, that's just... You wonder what we could do if we had a different coach. I don't want to say that because I'm obviously thinking. That's, that's the same thing when like we hired Jim Harbaugh. We were like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh because he was such a good coach. But That is true. But obviously, to recap, Ferris State basketball and hockey this weekend, be there or be square. Wear red. Come support Women's Heart Health. Yeah, come support. Come support your Bulldogs. Have yeah, a good time. Come it's going to be a lot of fun. Come find some volunteers in a red shirt and chat it up with them. I'm sure they'll love to talk to you about Women's Heart Health. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening to the very first episode of the MVSP with Joe and Brandon. Really Joe, appreciate it. It's it's time. This has begun. It really has. It, it's a new era. It's, it's, it's a new the era that we started. It's the beginning of an era. It so really is. We will be live Tuesday, 
and same, Thursday. Same time and Thursday, of course. Well, we're already here on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursdays. Don't forget, you want more sports content. Mikes and takes. Mikes and takes. They upload Bar- Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. Barrett and Travis. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Barrett and Travis and Logan as well. Yep. And they'll have Ferris guests as well. And if you want to be a guest on our show. Hit us up. Come find us. We would love to have guests. So come find us. DM us on our social media where you'll find the pot or where you probably found our podcast. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your other podcasting software. Thank you to um, BDR, Bulldog Radio, for helping us out with this. We appreciate it. Guys, we will see you later. Have a good weekend.